if, if you build it, they will come. Um, so there's so much more that goes into building a website than just like slapping it on the internet. And while that, like you said, some website is better than no website, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are just going to flock to your website. So you do need to consider strategy. You need to, to understand that like, building up your SEO will take time and that you need to use your website in your sales funnel and not just throw it on the internet. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Expert. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now, today we've got another couple great guests on the podcast, Austin and Monica Mingleson. And, uh, <laughs> They are going to be talking a bit about uh, web design. So kind of, you know, web design in general, what is it? Um, what kind of features you may want to think about having on your homepage, how to captivate an audience, how do you do that with both words and designs, how to uh, quickly and or clearly and quickly share your message. And, uh, you know, what are some of the pieces on the website that uh, plays into the overall sales funnel? So should be a great discussion and excited to have them on. And with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Devin. Uh, excited to have you on. So now before we dive into the topics at hand, um, you know, just, to, you know, and as a, as a reminder to the audience, so we had uh, you guys on, uh, on the inventive journey. So if you haven't caught that episode, definitely invite you to go and check that out uh, on the sister podcast with the inventive journey. But for those that have either haven't caught the episode or just saying, hey, I don't want to, I'm already listening to a half an hour episode. I don't have time for another half an hour, whatever the case may be, uh, give or give yourself or give the audience a quick introduction to you guys. Yeah, so too many online business owners don't have a brand and a website that clearly and cohesively explain their expertise to their audience. So because of that, we um, we have created a and Visual Design together. We are a husband and wife duo who specialize in creating websites and brands for online, online business owners um, so that it can look and feel like pros while totally owning their online space. Awesome. Well, that was a great introduction. So now without uh, any uh, further ado, diving into the topic at hand. And so I think that there's a, a lot of things that we can talk about with web design. Now, one of the things we didn't tease out, but I'm going to raise a question anyway, because it's one that I hear and I see a lot, which is, I guess the, the myth that people, or I'll call it a myth, maybe you can tell me it's not, but is that people feel like, oh, you know, you have websites like Shopify, you have Square, you have or Squarespace, you have Webflow, you have a whole bunch of them that are out there that generally pitch that, hey, you can do this yourself. It'll be just as great as all the other amazing websites out there that people spend uh, thousands and millions of dollars creating. And you can do it in a matter of a few minutes. And, you know, one of my favorite pastimes is I love to go on law firm websites is go and make fun of them just because I think there's a lot of <laughs> terrible law firm websites out there that just, you know, they look pretty, they look nice. Most law firms will do it, but they have zero information, aren't helpful at all to the customers. And other than letting people know you have a website and you might be able to get a phone number, that's about it. So with that as a backdrop, you know, is it a myth or can you create your own website or why would you go and have a web designer? Kind of what are the benefits? Uh, what would be the, the motivation to, to go and kind of do it? And maybe when would you decide to do it yourself? And I know that's a compound question. So I'll see if you guys can answer. Yeah. 
No, no, I think that's a really good point. I think you're right in saying like there are so many different platforms. And um, I mean, this is kind of an ambiguous answer, but it, you know, a lot of times it just depends. Uh, first of all, choosing what platform to build your website on, it really depends on what your business is. Um, and there's a lot of people who have heard of or use uh, WordPress. That's a really popular one. Um, and that's really good if you want like a really powerful, robust website that, that does a lot of things. Um, a lot of the businesses that we work with specifically don't need something that's um, complex. And so there's a lot of smaller ones. There's, there's web, website platforms that are geared a lot more towards smaller businesses. Um, like a lot of the ones you just named, there's Squarespace and we work on Show It. So, it, you know, you got to take a look at what your business is, like what, what you're doing and what you want to do with your website. And that'll help you kind of narrow down on what platform you want. Um, trying to decide whether or not you need a, a designer to do that for you. I mean, there's, there's also a lot of depends um, that goes on in that. I think um, you can definitely start off, um, you know, if you are just a first time business owner and it's more of a side thing and you're just trying to you know, make some extra income on the side while you're you're learning how to how to do your business and and share what you do with other people online. Like DIYing your website's not a terrible way to go. Uh, mm. It's a great place to start to kind of get your feet in the water. But there comes a point where if you really want to grow your business and you really want to make a larger impact and um, you know make more of a difference with your your business, then the purpose of hiring a website designer is that there's a lot more than than just throwing, slapping some stuff up on the internet and calling it good. Like there's, there's I think two really main paths um, that converge in a website. You need really good design and then you need really good strategy. And there's there needs to be intentionality in what you put on your website. And that's where a designer would come in hand. Mm. So now, so taking that, and I, and I agree with all of that, you know, and I, I always kind of do it. A website is better than nothing at all. So if you don't have any budget, I kind of say that same thing with the patent, you know, if, if all you have is $1, go file your own patent, or it's a little more than $1, even with the filing fees, but that kind of an idea, but there, you know, if you're looking to, as your business develops and grows, and you're looking to have a polished or a good website, that conveys what you want, that converts people that, uh, you know, that is, or that or performs a function that you're looking to do, which is selling your product or your service, there comes a point where, it makes sense to have someone else that has more experience do that. Now, one of the, you know, I think difficulties is, is a lot of people, if you see a good website, you generally don't realize it's a good website because it's intuitive, it's easy to navigate and mm -hmm. it makes sense. Now, if you see a bad website, you generally say, this is a horrible That's website. A lot easier to tell. <laughs> a lot easier to tell. But so what are some of the features or kind of things on a website? And we'll start out with maybe with the homepage that are features that you should be considering or thinking about whether it's you have, you know, if you're trying to find a good web designer that you're going to hire or you're going to try in the difficult task of doing it yourself. What are some of the things you think should consider on features for a homepage? Yeah, so, so I guess that's our, our goal here is we definitely want to give tips for people who, um, I mean, in, in either in either space, I guess, if you're trying to do this on your own, like there's definitely some things to be aware of, and that's what we're hoping to um, to get across today. The first thing, as we were talking about different things that we could share, one of the biggest things that came to mind for both of us is how important it is to have a skimmable website. Um, people... I mean, you're talking about when you hop on a website, it's easy to tell pretty quickly whether it's going to be a good website or a bad website. Um, first impression, 
I mean, probably 90% of the first impression of a website is based on design. So you, you got to make it look nice and you got to make it look like it's something that you can just skim through. You don't want big chunks of text. You don't want lots of stuff in there that people aren't going to want to take the time to read because they won't take the time to read it. Mm. So now I'll ask, now I'll, I'll push back. Not I don't push back. That sounds like I'm or it's adversarial. But one of the questions I'd have is there are some websites that look really nice, you know. And I I do think you know very first impression, kind of like you can't judge a book by a cover, but everybody does judge a book by its cover. Same thing on yeah. a website, which it has to look nice if it looks like it's homemade or it's you know it has uh, unfocused pictures or that you can't read it or it's terrible color scheme you know, it's, it's you, typically you don't stay on that website very long, but let's say you make it look nice, but you know, same thing as I mentioned with law firms, most law firm websites look nice. Now they don't convert. You typically can't get anything on what these products they sell or what services they offer. You don't know how to contact them. It's hard to reach out to them. Usually you fill out a form that is just, you know, puts it out into the, to somewhere and you're hoping that you hear back, but you never really know if you're going to hear back and all those things. So let's say you get beyond the initial hurdle. It looks nice. It looks polished. It has pretty pictures on it. What are some of the other features that you should be considering? Yeah. So right off the bat in the top section of your website, it's called the hero section. And you need to be able to answer your, any viewer who lands on your website needs to be able to answer three things. They need to answer um, who you are, who you serve, and then how they can work with you. And if those three things are not answered right off the bat, then you've missed a huge opportunity because now you have people staying on your website who don't belong on your website or people leaving your website who do belong on your website. Um, so that is like one of the, the simplest things that you can change right on your homepage to like instantly clarify your message, clarify who's on your website and what they're looking for on your website. And you want that answered before people even start to scroll. You know, it's mm -hmm. like they, they land there and they know immediately that it's for them or it's not for them. Awesome. So now, so you make it, now what are some of the characteristics that, you know, to maybe dive into the nuts and bolts kind of, let's say you were doing, and I'll give you an example, because at least for me, it's always easier to have an example. Let's say you're to do, I hired you today, probably won't hire a day, full disclosure, just because we've already done it, gone through this exercise. But if I were to hire you today and say, hey, Miller IP Law, we want to do a brand new website. We want to scrap the old one. We want to start from scratch or, or are we just getting started and we hadn't didn't have a website. What are some of the things, nuts and bolts of images, pictures, and also kind of copyright in the sense of what text and how do you make it skimmable? What are some of the, you know, what was some of the things, either questions you'd ask me or things that you'd recommend if you're going to go out and build our website? Yeah, so the first thing we would need is to hash out with you is who exactly you're targeting because your website, well, it needs to represent you and your business needs to cater towards the people that you're targeting. So if you're targeting female entrepreneurs, that's going to look really different than if you're targeting big businesses, if that makes sense. Um, so we flesh out with you who you're working with um, so that we can build that strategy into the website. And that'll, that'll change everything from the images, from the colors, from the, the fonts, all the things that you would put on a website need to reflect who you are trying to serve. Um, so that's kind of where we'd start. The next question I would probably ask right after, sorry. I was going to say, so I, I've had, because some of that, I, you know, I've gone through enough businesses and I've talked with enough businesses. Ones, if they come back and I, I'll hear two answers, which are both not at all helpful, but I, I hear them all the time, which is one, everybody will want to buy our product and everybody is, it appeals to everybody around the world. And it's something that everybody needs or two, I don't know. 
In other words, I don't know who my customer is. I just think it's a cool product. If you get those kind of answers, how do you go about doing that? Is if you're trying to build a website or designing it and they come back and say either I don't know or everybody's going to want to buy my product, neither of which are very helpful. Yeah. So I think it's funny, like <clears throat> we've been in this space before when, when we talk to people and we ask like who you're who are you trying to cater to? Like, who are you trying to serve? And they'll say like, oh, whoever will buy from me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whoever wants to pay me for my services. I'm like, I mean, that's great, but also not great because you need to, you need to uh, focus on people so that you can speak their language. You want to pull out the emotions of the person that you want to buy your products. And so you might ask things like, um, yeah, I mean, demographics is a pretty basic place to start. You want to know maybe their age group because um you know, if you're talking to boomers on your website versus talking to millennials, that you're going to speak differently, you know, so maybe age group, um, gender, um, you know, location, where do they live? Are they on the East Coast? Are they in the Midwest? That can make a difference too. So maybe ask some of those questions and then you could ask, okay, what, what emotions are they feeling before they buy from you? Like, like if they're coming to you for, um, for a patent, like, are they, are they anxious because they don't want their stuff, you know, their their intellectual property to get stolen? Are they, um, I don't know what else would be like, what, what emotions are they feeling before they work with you? Why would they come to you? And then, you know, you can speak to those problems so that um, those people who you want to, to offer your products or services to are attractive. Yeah, your business only exists if you solve somebody's problem. So you need to figure out what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for, and then highlight that on your website and cater your website to that, those people. No, and I think that's a, that's a great way. And I think a good exercise, and that's one that you should know for your business in general. In other words, you know, and it's, it's funny because we ask a lot of the same questions on the patent, you know, like what is the problem you're solving or what are you trying to improve or what is the, how is it different than what else is out there? Now we're doing that so we can identify what to protect, but in the same sense, you're also, that's what you're trying to protect in the patent side is also what you're trying to, to convey in your or website as to why, you know, what will pull people in. So now with that, you know, they, so a lot of times the other thing that people often I think will get into and um, is that they'll they'll go back to one of the things you hit on, which I definitely think is true, which is, Hey, it needs to look pretty, you know, needs to look professional or needs to look polished or whatever the word is. And I would just say pretty just needs to have nice looking graphics, which it seems like maybe that's half the battle or part of the battle, but it does still have to have words or it has to have a clear message that you articulate that they can quickly grasp. And so now what, how do you, how do you convey that in words with that? Well, making it skimmable. So there's not a large chunks of text and lots of things that they have to read that nobody wants to read while not just may air, airing on the side of, Hey, I'll just put all graphics and we'll just tell our picture through or our story through pictures and never have any information on there. How do you find that balance or kind of what words do you look at or how do you go about uh, starting to convey that message? Yeah. yeah those are all great questions. That's a great question. I think, um, I mean, to your point, you definitely still need words on there because although people are going to skim, like they'll still read some things. You, they are still on your website looking for information. Um, apart from the fact that having words and, and content on your website helps with SEO, it helps your, your website be found online. Google's going to find that when there's words because Google can't search words the pictures, obviously. But um, a couple of things come to mind. I think um, in the design world, we call it visual hierarchy. You can call it... Um, visual importance. 
the words that are most important, you want them to, to be bigger. You can bold them, just make them stand out visually. And then more of the descriptive text or the supportive text can be a little bit smaller. You can put in a shorter paragraph um, so that as you're skimming, you can, like the words that stand out are the words that are most important that you want people to see first. Um, so that's really gonna help. You can take things, like if you have a list of things, like if you're talking about um, maybe the different services you offer, or if you're talking about the problems that your customer is experiencing, put them in mm. bullet points. And having a bullet pointed list is gonna make it easier to read the content um, and kind of in a more natural way than trying to find a list of things in a paragraph. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. I think that uh, definitely makes sense. So with that, so now one question I'll push, I don't know, I keep saying push back and I need to find a better <laughs> word because I really don't push back, but kind of a follow-up question to that, you know, is those, are those words or the, you know, the bold words, the big words, the ones that catch your attention, you know, is that just, hey, our product's awesome and it's amazing, or is it, here's, you know, cheap and inexpensive or better than the competition or, you know, and I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that you see, or is it more of telling a story or is it more of, you know, catchphrases or your taglines or kind of a combination of both or kind of when you're, because as you guys keep saying, and I, I, I always, I, and I agree is it needs to be skimmable. It needs to be easy to navigate, easy to very quickly to grasp the concept. Cause you only have a few seconds to grab their attention before they either decide to dwell on your website a bit more or go look at buying your product or service, or they move on. And so how do you balance? Because, you know, if all you just say is I got awesome, amazing, great products, good customer service. We think outside the box. We have lots of synergy, all the, all the buzzwords doesn't really convey anything, but how do you find that balance of you only have a few words to convey a lot of information? Right. And I think the, the easiest answer to that question, um, well, first of all, it's on a case by case basis a little bit, but also if you focus on the transformation, your product or service is going to take the consumer through and focus on if they have this problem, they want to get from point A to point B, you are the solution and focus on how you are the solution and focus on their end goal of this problem, you know? So now how do you break that down? And so let, again, we'll go to the same just Miller IP law just because it's an easy example. So what I can think of off the top of my head, but you know, let's say we have, what or we're cost or we're, or we're competitive as far as pricing goes. We have good customer service. We, you know, we have transparency. We're easy to communicate with. We follow up well. We are, have the heart of a teacher's. I mean, some of those everybody's going to say that they have them. And so while it's true, and we have that's, you know, a lot of things we pride ourselves on, which do in, in reality differentiate ourselves. It's also hard because nobody says they have bad customer service. Everybody says right. they're responsive <laughs> and nobody goes out and says, yeah, we're, we're super expensive and only pay or come to us if you have lots of money and those type of things. So how do you go about if those are your things that you pride yourself on as a service-based business, as an example, how do you still go about distinguishing or so that it can be, better conveys what that should mean? Right. So I think this is an awesome example. So you can look at, at Miller IP law and you can say, okay, right now there are business owners who are scared of losing their stuff, who are scared of people stealing their ideas. They want to be confident and confident and not have to worry about um, anyone taking their stuff because they know that you guys are protecting them. Right. 
And then obviously how they get there is through your good customer service and through your good prices and things like that. And that's all part of the process of getting to where they want to be. So instead of focusing on the process, you're going to focus on the fact that we can promise you that you are going to be safe, that no one is going to steal your stuff. And if they do, that you have the ability to fight back. And then as they scroll down through your website, then you're going to say, this is how we do it. We have good communication. We have um, great prices, you know, but they know right off the bat that you are promising to get them from point A to point B. Does that make sense? It does. Although I'll, uh, now I'll push back. Now, now the word actually makes sense, which is <laughs> that's, that's what all law firms say, right? In other words, that's why you go to an IP law firm. And so, the, and I think, and, I, and one of the reason I'm, or I'm asking the question or pushing back is because I think it's a lot of the struggle of there are things that you do different, but when you try and boil it down to simple words you know make it skimmable make it easy to understand break it down so that it's easy to digest and conveys your message it's hard not to water it down to the point you sound just like everybody else right so far to say as an example every everybody goes to an ip law firm or patent and trademark law firm because they want to protect or they have the fear and so if you to go if i were to convey that as my message that's the same message i would say see on almost all law firms and so is it better to reflect that hey this is a problem that all law firms are solving and make sure to reflect that. Or how do you distinguish or stand out so that you can make your landing page and website better than the competition? Mm-hmm. I think it all comes with, with putting it all together to, to tell a story. And so, um, you know, you, you want to talk about your customer as if they are, they're, they're the winner of this story, right? They're the hero of the story and you're guiding mm-hmm. them through this. And so you're going to talk a little bit about um, their problems like we're talking about, and, and you just listed them off. And I think that is really important to still state, even if even if it's kind of intuitive, like, well, of course, that's why you're coming to a law firm. Like, that's what everyone comes to a law firm for. I still think it's important to state it because people purchase emotionally. And then, you know, so you, so you want to pull out those emotions, remind them why they're interested in, and make them feel not just think about it, but make them feel like they um, really need your services. And then you're going to present the solution and that, you know, you can talk about all those benefits of, of why you versus the other guys. And then you can very explicitly point out the successes. Like once you've gone mm. through this process, you're going to feel this, you're going to have that and kind of point out, you know, like Monica was saying earlier, the transformation and then you can also point out maybe some of the things that would happen if they don't work with you, like some of the failures of, of not coming to your law firm for a patent, you know, and then when, when you piece it all together, I think that does make you stand out against other law firms because not everyone, you know, not as many people focus on every piece of the story and they don't all string it together. They might focus on one or two things, but when you put everything together, and it tells the story of, you know, through your website and through all the content that you're putting out, mm. then um, that's when you stand out against you know, the competition. No, I think that that definitely makes sense. And if I push back, it's not because I don't agree with you. It's just the ones that I always hear, the ones I always see, especially working in startup, is these are the questions that I think they, you know, that a lot of them struggle with. Because it, it isn't, that, and that's why I think that when, when we talked at the very beginning about web design and why you'd go to an expert and why you'd go to someone that has a lot of experience, I think these are the things that a lot of times you don't realize on the front end or you don't really think about. And that's the things that, you know, as we've built our team and have a, a pretty creative team and uh, I started out doing everything and now I've had people on the, the team that do a lot of this. 
-hmm. things that I've learned that I didn't realize at the beginning. And so one of the other things and probably shifting gears, and it'll probably be the last topic just because we're running towards the end of the podcast. But I did want to ask a question, which is I think one of the other ones that I didn't think about as much, but I become much more cognizant of is also having the right types of calls to action. Calls to action is people, you know, for people that may not as be as familiar with terminology is, you know, telling them what you want them to do when they come to your website. And is that buy, is that schedule a free consult? Is that, you know, give us your, your email information so we can put you on our newsletter, whatever is the most important, but you know, there's a, some great ways and there's some horrible ways. Some, and, and, you know, some of the horrible ways that I hate are all the annoying pop-ups that, you know, you get 50 pop-ups and you have to keep hitting the X button before you can even get to the website but vice versa, you'll also have some websites that really don't have a clear call to action. And even if you want to give them your money or you want to or use their service or buy their product, you don't really don't know, know how. how. So, so how do you how do you kind of balance that of getting the right call to act, figuring out what your call to action is and getting the right call to action? Yeah, so you're going to want to focus on the very next step that the viewer needs to take to work with you. So like, Obviously, like our call to action is not going to be like pay us now for your our services. It's going to be instead book a call so we can talk to you about what services you need. Um, and then you want to be really careful to be super direct. A lot of people try to be kind of cutesy and clever here, but like people don't need that. They need you to tell them this is the next step. This is how you take it. This is how you work mm. with us. Um, I'm trying to remember what other questions you asked. <laughs> well, I, I, I think this is a really good full circle back to the beginning of the conversation. Uh, when you're talking about when you first start building out your website or working with a designer to build your website, uh, what questions are you gonna ask? And one of those questions is, what is the goal of your website? Are you creating a website just to showcase your work and your portfolio? Are you building a website so that people can book your services on a calendar? Are you, is it purely educational and informative? And, and so you're gonna know that goal from the very beginning. And then based on that goal, that's gonna guide your call to action. And so if the purpose of the web, like for us, the purpose of our website, like the, it has multiple purposes, but in, in ranking them, if we were to pick one, it would be so that people can book a discovery call with us and learn about um, you know, what package they would need. And so all of our call to actions are, book a call or join a call or something like that. And so that's going to, um, you know, that's going to determine what you say. And like Monica said, you want to be direct. No, I think that uh, definitely makes sense. I think that's some some great guidance. And I, and as with all of it, I think it, it does it is specific to the business. It does depend, but I think there are good practices that really, regardless of your website, you should be implementing. And I think you guys shared a lot of them, so definitely appreciate that. And now with that, as we kind of reach towards the end of the podcast, we always have the question we ask at the end. We also do have the bonus question. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, one crazy entrepreneurial idea, which is always a fun uh, fun or uh, follow on discussion so if you want to hear that make sure to stay tuned after we wrap up the normal episode to hear that uh, that uh, crazy idea but before we get that and for the normal last question at the end of the podcast um, we'll jump to that now which is um, you know within your industry what is the biggest myth and why is it wrong yeah I think our myth that we came up with actually just sums up this episode so perfectly um, and our myth is if, if you build it they will come um, so there's so much more that goes into building a website than just like slapping it on the internet. And while that, like you said, some website is better than no website, it doesn't necessarily mean that 
people are just going to flock to your website. So you need to consider strategy. You need to, to understand that like, building up your SEO will take time and that you need to use your website and your sales funnel and not just throw it on the internet. Mm. No, I think that, but I think, and I think that is one of the bigger misses, you know, oh, well, if I have a, and, and it can be a very nice, well thought out, planned out, perfect website and hit all of the things that you guys hit on. And yet it's only a part of the, you know, part of the funnel. In other words, right. it's great as website as you have, if you don't have a, a, a plan for how you're going to drive traffic to it, how you're going to convert people, how they're going to find out about it or know about it. It doesn't matter how great of a website this build and it's part of the funnel. It's not the whole funnel or it's not the whole or whole or the sum of the whole. So I think that that's a, a great one to hit on. That was awesome. That was very well said. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I do my best to, to summarize things or make it sound or make it sound smart. So with that, uh, now, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, so definitely through our website is a great place to reach us. It's aandmdigitaldesign.com and and is spelled out. So aandm digitaldesign.com. Um, also on Instagram, we're always there and it's aandm.digitaldesign. Um, again, and is spelled out. Um, and we also actually have a freebie that if you're interested in just learning more, you have a website, you want to take it to the next level. We have a freebie offer on our website that is a, a free five-day video training from us, giving you really practical short tips to take your current website to the next level. You can consider an extension of this episode. It's, it's, uh, we talk about a lot of it's very similar stuff on there. So. Awesome. Well, I definitely uh, appreciate the, the offer and definitely encourage people to, to take you up on it. So well, with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, we just have a couple things for you. Make sure to click share, subscribe, leave us a review because we want to make sure everyone finds out about all this great expertise and how to build and, uh, and grow their business. With that, if you ever need help with any of your business, those patents, trademarks, or anything else with your business, you can just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat. So now as we've wrapped up the, you know, quote unquote, the normal or the, the, the regular portion of the episode, it's always fun to switch gears a bit and do the bonus question. The bonus question is kind of one that I always have fun because I think for a lot of an entrepreneur, certainly me included, you always kind of have that someday pile, that day that, you know, you have those crazy ideas that aren't so crazy that someday you'd love to pursue. You may never actually get to, you may never have the bandwidth, but are always those fun ideas that it would, uh, are going to always kind of stick in the back of your mind. And so with that, I turn it over to you guys to share. What is your one uh, crazy entrepreneurial <laughs> idea? We, uh, we have a pretty big someday pile, so we had to go yeah. dig in. A really good friend and mentor of mine once said that for every 20 ideas, she throws out one sticks. But for us, it's more like for every 100 ideas, we throw out one sticks. So we have quite the pile of ideas we would like to pursue someday. But, but yeah, the one the one that we brought up with you earlier was, uh, so we went, we've, we've spent some time in, in different countries and uh, we've really enjoyed learning about the different uh, traditions uh, holiday traditions that people have, especially revolving around holidays that we're already familiar with, like Christmas is a huge one. There's everyone celebrates Christmas a little bit differently. And so we, we got this idea. Um, I think we got it from this place called Universal Yums. They'll send you monthly, they'll send you a package of different foods and snacks from different countries around the world. It's awesome. We're not sponsors, but we highly recommend you go check it out. 
Um, but we had this idea, like, what if we send people holiday boxes based off of Christmas, you know? And so obviously there's a lot of stuff that we haven't worked out yet, but it could be like, you get this box and in this box, there's maybe a booklet that, that shares stories about, um, you know, Christmas traditions or Christmas stories that are shared in this country. You'll get some snacks that are traditionally eaten during Christmas time in this country. And you can get some you know, different things like that to learn about how this country and this culture celebrates a holiday that you're already familiar with. Um, that was our idea. We don't know how no. to work it out yet, but that's our idea. <laughs> hey, I like the idea. I'm a big, I like the our gift boxes. One of the things that we did kind of a bit different note but on there with the this year for christmas so we usually i usually as, as the owner of the the law firm try and give some sort of gift to each of the the employees or the the, the people who support the team and you know every, every year is a bit different some years we've done dinner we've done or one year we rented out the movie theater and did that for fun and you know it's kind of one of those where it's one and done. In other words, you get, you go, you have the activity and then it's over. Mm -hmm. And so this year we did a bit different where I did, uh, everybody got to select their own subscription box. And so some people did oh, marshmallows of the month. Some people did cookies of the month. I think some people did uh, a sock of the month. Some people did succulents of the month and it's just kind of fun mm -hmm. that it was different. So I'm a big believer. I think gift boxes are fun. And if you can or do that related to Christmas and whether you have one that's just, you know, around the world, I think it'd be fun around the world where you could see maybe as as you're leading up to Christmas, different things from around the world that's related to Christmas. You start in November and you kind of build it up. So love the idea. I'm a convert. So I think that's a, awesome. that's a, that's a great one to put in your Sunday pile. So with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun, it's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Great. Thank, thank you, you so much, Devin.